did not say anything about fat people being pretty. I, I think I'm not. pretty. That's right. Just... Artist Exchange Radio Show, and I have with me today Miss Tierra Nicole Strickland, better known as Sweet Tea Sings. You can find her on all social media platforms under Sweet Tea Sings, and on Facebook, Tierra Nicole Strickland. Um, that video that you just saw was of a mutual friend of ours, really good friend, uh, Mr. Marty Smith, as we did the show Friday. Um, I spoke a little bit about um, him passing away recently, and we uh, just are coming off the hills yesterday, actually, of a um, candlelight vigil uh, at Arena Players in memory of him and supporting him. And that video clip was a clip that someone, um, one of his coworkers had uh, posted, and I thought it was very befitting in this moment because eerily, the song itself talks about moving on. Um, and Martique was loved. He's one of them people that was loved. I always admired him uh, because a lot of people don't like me, and I don't know. But Martique was definitely one of them people who could light up a room, and everybody loved him, even in his faults, even in his flaws. And I just wanted to um, just spend a, a couple moments because uh, she ever knew him much better than I did. They grew up in a youth theater together, and I believe, did y'all go to school together? Yes, we went to Coppin. Oh, yeah, Coppin together. And um, they had a really special relationship. Do you mind, you know, sharing your thoughts or your your feelings with us on said Mr. Martique? Oh, man. Martique has been and will always be my brother. Mm-hmm. Like... We we did lose a little bit of touch for some time, which happens when you get older and mm-hmm. life goes on. But man, like I just remember all kinds of fun stuff at Arena Players together growing up. You know, we would wander the halls and go through all the different rooms singing mm. musical show tunes and <laughs> you know going over the dances and stuff that we mm. were doing earlier in the day or if we weren't going over those dances we would remember something that we did like two three shows back and try to remember those daggone mm-hmm. choreography or the, the moves and stuff for that and one thing i can remember two things actually i can remember um i made a post about it on facebook where it was my senior prom and I did not have anybody to go with and I wasn't seeing anybody at the time. And he said to me that, um, well, if you can't find anybody else, I'll go with you. 
and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, great. <laughs> and so I still kept looking and I still kept looking and we got to about a week and a half maybe before prom and he, I said, hey, I don't have anybody. He said, all right, cool. Well, um, just with your colors, whatever, whatever. And I didn't expect him to wear a white tux to my senior prom in with them with the time frame, man. It was just that that was the one. That's that's what it that's what he does when it comes through. And then Mm -hmm. I remember when um, you remember when Rent Live was Mm -hmm. happening on TV, right? Everybody, I think, in our theater community was just like, all right, we will save all critiques for the end. And um, I didn't get on social media at all until the end of the show. And the very first comment I remember seeing was Martik. And he said, and I quote, sing it, bitch. <laughs> like, that, that, that was the same I'm energy he probably said it with as well. Mm-hmm. All caps. And, every, and it took me a second because what he was talking about was Collins in, um, uh, what is the song? Well, that's, I'm not I'll cover really. you that one, that thing. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he was talking about that song in the first act. And we had already passed it. And mm-hmm. it didn't click right away what it was. And then when I realized what it was, I bust out the laughter. So he created a memory <laughs> for me that he wanted to be there for. And that's Definitely. just who Monty was, man. That's, I mean, it, and I just remember last week when people started, when they post, post that, post that uh, video, and all I could say was that boy, because Monty was definitely a very supportive person. And if you needed him to do something, he was very much so there if he was able to do it. And it was never a point of whether he could do it, uh, but he always made a way. Um, and... It's just, you know, with everything going on, this was definitely like a shocker to everyone. And I could just tell this, even the energy last night, it couldn't even be, you couldn't even really be sad because you're still feeling the shock of, you know, I know we're all getting much older and, you know, he had a family and working and uh, being an artist and all of us are like working artists and trying to balance Mm -hmm. life. So sometimes we do get distant, but it it just forced me to, you know, just reach out to people who I didn't in my first uh, post. Um, I did that, the image with like the chair and I just trying to, you know, distract myself from the sadness. Uh, and I, I remember just posting, just give people that flowers now because, and it's such a cliche thing that we always say after someone passed pass away but uh it's, it's just very important specifically within our arts community we always are so busy and i think right now many of us are scrambling to do something because we just feel so stagnant and many of our venues are really restricted so we're trying to do things but just just make a moment even if it's just a text message or email or a phone call even just figure out a moment to work around this social distancing that we are now amongst that's amongst us and feel you know feel that void and and just talk to somebody you know call somebody you haven't talked to call somebody you mad at call somebody that you never said you will never talk to again but just figure that that whatever that thing is out 
and and call somebody because we're losing people, you know, just all over the place. And it's we understand what's going on right now, but it's still death is still bitter. Like it still hits you, no matter how prepared you are for it, or if you knew somebody was sick, it still doesn't hurt less, you know. But just figuring it out and and getting over yourself, let the ego go forgive and let go they have to go hand in hand forgive and let go and just you know hold people accountable hold yourself accountable and just communicate because it's nothing like leaving this world with regret i had just talked to Martique that weekend and it to hear it the way we heard it it was just i just talked to him like that you know i knew he had issues but i didn't know like they were going to affect him right now like yeah and it it, so anybody that's listening anybody that's going to hear the show a month two years five years from now just give people their roses now you know Mm -hmm. it's always been something that i i try to do i'll randomly reach out to people as i see people i make sure i can make a connection and help people that's really what the artist exchange was built on just keeping that connection and keeping us connected and you know another fellow cop and player like sweet team here um just you know we have to do it we don't have anybody else you know nobody else is helping us or reaching out to save us so we got to figure this thing out ourselves before we reach out to any other persons or allies and so on and so forth but i'm not gonna um i'm gonna i'm gonna do something else a little bit more special on friday because friday is actually martique's viewing and I I posted on my page the flyer that his family put out. Um, uh, his funeral was Saturday, and the viewing is yeah. Friday at the Mount Street uh, Wally Funeral Home. So yeah. if you know Martique, go out, support him. Um, there's a cash app uh, that is going uh, to his wife and children to support, help support them. Um, Martique was very much so a hardworking man that took care of his family. So to help her, you know, mm-hmm. balance these next couple months out and figure out what life is going to be without him. Um, her cash app is dollar sign R M I C H A L. But I'll post it on my, I, it's posted on the artist exchange page, my personal page. Um, and I'll share it out again at the end of the show, but, Without further ado, we have Miss Nicole uh, with us today, Miss Sweet Tea. I, I'm, I have to look at. I'm looking at your name on the screen, so I keep saying your your performance <laughs> title, your new company's title. It's uh, okay, we family. Uh, <laughs> I know Tiara, Miss Strickland. Uh, but I first met uh, Tiara at Coppin. Um, I was away. I was out, and I came back to do. Uh, I think that's God's trombone. That wasn't God's trombone. I don't, I don't know what that was, but it wasn't God's trombone. Uh, it was a version. It was God's a version, trombone. an adaptation of uh, yes. of God's trombone. That's a good answer. It was an adaptation. An adaptation, because the one after that one was way was. I, I can't even call that an adaptation. The second time you did it, uh, she had a whipping chain on. I was like, "Where's God in it? Where's?" Where's Jesus? Uh, but I remember. Rachel. Oh, yes. 
Well, that was the second yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. She was she was the Whoopi Goldberg, the white lady in white for that one. Uh, but I first met her there, and I, again because I was so far removed at that point, I don't I didn't go to school with Nicole, so I didn't really we really didn't hang out much. But I knew you were very talented. I got to uh, watch you perform, and we actually got to perform together with that with that show. So. Uh, Nicole is very talented. Tierra, I keep calling you Nicole. Tierra. Again, we family. I, I don't right. buy all of them. Whatever. I mean, the bank just is Don't say hey you. Hey you. Hey you, lady. But Tierra, <laughs> I, I just know you are very talented. And um, she sings. She acts. She's a performer. She's out of the youth theater. Um, and she's very much so a professional now. She's moved on. Uh, and she still acts. She still sings. But she's this YouTube sensation now. And I love watching the episodes and watching you grow in your technology, you know, education. Um, and I, I always, people who jump into things as artists, I, I know we try everything. And as urban artists from that UAP major, we are, we were taught to do everything. You had to learn how to do mm -hmm. a little bit of everything uh, because you don't always get the main job. So what am I going to do mm -hmm. once, if this doesn't work out? But uh, tell us a little bit about Especially your journey. Smaller theaters, shoot. And you got it. Sometimes <laughs> even as the star, you still doing other stuff. I was a part mm -hmm. of a theater group, so you you have to learn how to sell tickets, direct and makeup and hair. You have to. And theater, theater is that way. You have to be an ensemble. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's falling short somewhere, you got to help pick up the ball so we can get the show off and off the ground and running. But mm -hmm. tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where did this, you know, artist in you come from? <laughs> well, um, hello, everyone, formally. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I got started performing at the age of nine. Um, oh, wow. around, yeah, I'm going to say at the age of nine, and I'm not nine now, so no, I'm just going to leave no. it like that. Um, <laughs> years ago, just but, a couple um, years ago. Yeah, so just, just a couple, just a little bit, you know. But um, I got started at the age of nine because, uh, you know, those little theater shows that come to your school uh -huh. mm -hmm. and they perform for the kids. Well, one of them came to my school and they usually pick kids out of the audience. And I always raised my hand to be picked and I never got picked until this time. And I got up mm -hmm. on stage and I got to do stuff and it was just so much fun. And because I was not a popular kid, it was the first time that all of my friends or all of my friends uh, mm. back then um, actually noticed me and said, oh, my God, you're on stage. It was so much. Oh, you were so funny. And I'm like, maybe this is what I need to be doing. Like, OK. <laughs> and it just really snowballed from mm. there. And um, I think Britt Bradley got me or oh. told me about this summer camp. Yeah, she told me about Arena Players and then I was I'm telling my mom it. about it as one of her friends were talking about Arena Players and then I just yeah. got started with Arena Players there. And, then and if people don't know the people. amount of people who have started, we know the big names like a Monique or a Jada, we know those names, but the mm -hmm. other artists, most of the people from The Wire or some of the people from Homicide, they all started from mm -hmm. the youth theater at some the kids point. Kids in the wire. Yeah, yeah. 
So they often, mm -hmm. people don't realize the history and the legacy that that uh, building, that institution has with like cranking out. Mm -hmm. You see them on Broadway, they out in California, they all over the place. It's one of my biggest regrets uh, because I don't know if you remember Winona Rock. Uh, she was my fourth grade teacher. She was a, 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 a member there. And I was, she wanted me to come there, but I was like, I'm going to have to give up my evenings to you. I ain't doing that. <laughs> Everybody said, no, I'm not doing that. But it was okay, one of my regrets because you all have such a rich connection with each other. So how yeah. was it growing up in the youth theater? Oh, it was fun. We had a really good, like, special group of kids. Like, mm -hmm. we were all a very good special group of kids. And we were all, like, dedicated to getting the show off the ground. And that comes from, you know, your good instructors like Troy Burton and Robert F. Chu, mm -hmm. Lori Goodman, just a whole bunch of them, Laura Sly, just there's too many to name. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many instructors that were just there and really saw our potential as kids and really bred that professionalism into us. And that's right. how you have so many of us right now within that same, you know, clunk of kids that are on Broadway and doing tours, both national and international. You have people doing shows like YouTube shows or shows on television. People have been mm -hmm. in movies. There's so many of us have done so many different things that, mm -hmm. man, it's crazy to think we all started in the same place. <laughs> if, if you had to... Uh just pick out a couple moments that kind of signified or, or encompass your experience there. Were there any productions or any moments that you, that are fond memories for you? Ooh. I want to say Oliver was definitely one of my fond memories. It was one of the first times as a teenager, I got to be like in a lead role there. And I was Nancy, and it was only one lead female role in the whole show, and I got it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. and the <laughs> dance to the song called Um Papa was always hard, and <laughs> I was always mm. out of breath, but we always had a lot of fun because there's so much improv and so much, you know, commotion going on because we're in a tavern in that particular city. So it was a bunch of stuff going on. It was that one. I loved Alice in Wonderland. It's one of my favorite ones because one thing about the youth theater is that they don't just do the script. They do the script and then they put their own season on. Like we as a culture do that with everything. We don't just do mm -hmm. the normal stuff. No, we do that and we put our own little spin on it. And Right. Alice in Wonderland was one of those shows that they definitely put their own spin on. We put our own music into it. We definitely uh, embellished upon the different lyrics in the songs that were already there. And then we could all really sing and perform and just do it. And that was definitely a good one. Plus all the shows we want to do. Those are like the three hot ones. Outside of the ones that we wrote, we wrote Motor Mysteries and we wrote um, Big Papa's house. Um, mm -hmm. So we we did everything. Right. <laughs> we wrote, we directed, we it was, it was a summer camp and it was the after school program and you all got intensive training. Like oh, yeah. I, I remember oh, yeah. when I first was introduced, I would sit in on classes and I was like, 
I think they were working harder than I was at the time in my college classes. So I was like, I couldn't imagine having to work like that as a kid, but many of you, you can definitely tell um, once you meet someone from youth theater, just the level of training that they got. And most of them always, uh, for the most part, always contribute that to their experience with youth theater. Mm -hmm. What what did you plan to do once you left youth theater? Because at some point they aged you out. But what were you planning to do once you left youth theater? Child, I was getting my degree in this because I loved it so much. I was, I was, was going to be on Broadway on somebody's professional stage. And I've gone on to do professional things too. I've worked at Toby's, I've worked at Fred Branch, you know, several mm -hmm. other theaters that are around the area of Maryland. I'm not going to say Baltimore, but the whole state and everything. Right. I've gone up and down the coast as far as as far up as New York, as far down as Florida and done some sort of performance in some way, shape or form in those areas. Um, goodness, I wanted to, I was gonna take the world by storm, baby. I still am, okay? Right. But just because we in quarantine don't mean that we ain't working in silence. But okay. I think you're one of the ones <laughs> who have realized you don't have to take the, the traditional route and often, mm -hmm. It's not meant for many of us, especially people of color, to go the traditional route because there are a lot of doorkeepers that don't want people like you and myself to get through because we don't fit the, the mold or the image of what the standard is. So I think you've discovered right. that you can do this. Under, one of the things Amini told me, they think you're going to have to do things non-traditionally because mm -hmm. you don't look like what they're looking for. So you have right. to do things your way and find that find whatever path that is and beat that path up because they're not checking for us. They're not, I and that's remember, why I think black art, go ahead, go ahead. I remember going to New York for an audition oh. and the way they did it, yeah. Whew. I know New York better than I know Baltimore. That's how many times I've been back and forth. Right. But um, I remember going to New York for an audition and they were they lined us up 10 out 10 at a time outside the door they're actually where we're going into and so i was number three so <laughs> the first person went in sang their song we can all hear it and then of course we're outside as the other people do and we just kind of okay that was good she didn't hit that note or whatever whatever second person went in we all did the same thing when i went in and i sang my song when i came out silence dead silence. Mm. And then I heard people as I'm walking by say, I don't know, I'm scared. I never got the part, but that's how it is with mm -hmm. people of color sometimes because we can do, we have done, we will do, mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't get it. We don't get the part because of- Because they love, they love our culture, but they don't love us often. They don't right. They don't love us. And they and most often I I remember going my first time ever trying to audition for anything in New York. It ended up being something that I didn't realize I was walking into. It was the bigger, like the biggest loser. And I, me mm -hmm. and my friend went. And I remember the, one of the producers telling us, like, um, you all would be great. It's just that. Um, we're just looking for a different image of a person. I said, we both bad. Like, isn't that the purpose of the show? And, and, and the people who were auditioning, and like you said, they clump you off in groups. 
and I remember me and my friend being the only one that had any interest in entertainment or any experience. And she was telling us all these things we should try to do. And we said, like, none of these niggas over here got any any experience on stage or performance or anything. And it, it's just the rules change for mm-hmm. us. And it's, you know, and people think we complain a lot, but we actively see people cutting us down and sizing us up and measuring us with a stick that's not compatible with us. Like that's not, you know, I've been told to be more urban or talk more black. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, and I'm sitting this and somebody, and the person don't even look like me. And what's worse, some of them did look like me with that was saying it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's sad and unfortunately. Uh, Miss Paulette say, hey cousin. Oh, that was my cousin. I'm sorry. You're talking to me. That's Fayon. Paulette say hey. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what has been the toughest part about being an artist? Being respected. Mm. That's tough because and I actually did a Sour Notes, which is an episode, I'm sorry. Sour Notes is a series that I do on my YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much for the artist it's like for the performer this episode talks about getting a real job this episode it was talking yeah a real job all that (laughs) stuff and Mm -hmm. if y'all are interested sound notes all the episodes are literally about things that performers go through that maybe y'all just don't know as the audience members and how y'all look to us sometimes and trying to teach you not to do that you know, mm-hmm. but um, it's about respect because people tend to think about art and they see it as a fun thing. They mm-hmm. see it as just something that's easy. Oh, it's just coloring. It's just painting, whatever it is. And right. no, there's, it's a lot of work that goes into it. It's a lot of time and blood, sweat and tears literally that goes into every form of art whether it's painting or whether it's acting singing dancing cooking anything Mm -hmm. like that it's all art and it all takes time and you all you have to learn how to do it in order for I don't know you have to learn how to do it it's it's just something that you have to learn and people don't respect the fact that it does take time to create it does take effort to create and skill to create and that's why it bothers me when you hear people talking about oh they want to take art out of schools and stuff and there's not a huge uproar about that because everywhere you look there is some form of art right. from the building that you're in to right. the chairs and beds that y'all sit and sleep on to just even it goes beyond the posters and everything you see as you walk in to the bus stop or you know, as you see on the billboards, it goes beyond that. Someone had to design that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's or what bothers it, me. at least. Yeah, so that bother, that's what really bothers me about that. It's just people just don't tend to respect it because it seems fun. Well, it seems, and people think it's easy because right. even even touching on the point of the school system, they don't want to take the arts out to school. They want to take artists out to school. Mm-hmm. And, and will force us to become these teachers that we didn't intend to be. So they're right. going to choose the teacher that moonlights as a guitar player and make them the art teacher, which takes the passion out of learning. And not to say that person doesn't have the passion, but that person chose to be a teacher. 
they didn't choose to be a full-time artist. And is that respect thing is 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 a big thing because often we get the disrespect first from the people who we want to support us and start us off in our support journey. And is that idea of a real job um, is is crazy because most of us we want to be famous, we want to be rich, we want to be comfortable and and successful, but we also have this thing inside of us. And it and you touched on it a little bit, but. I, it, it angers me when somebody just jumps on and gets put on and they have yeah, no real connection to this other than I want to make a couple dollars. Right. And then those right. are the people that now, that's why reality shows are now filling out TV slots because, and I'm thankful that real TV is coming back now, but that just, you know, cut us off because they were, they were searching for money, our quality, the quality of who we are was sit on the back burner somewhere and that's cool you know it hurts me that uh, Angela Bassett doesn't get more recognition or you know somebody like that who's talented who did the work who put in the work and they don't get the you know they have to die first before they get the credit right it's like the art so it's like painters back in the day people like Picasso and Van Gogh may not have gotten all of their respect and all of their, uh, uh, I guess, fame and fortune and stuff while they were living. But years and years and years after their death, their paintings are world-renowned. Their paintings are are priceless, but also expensive. You know, it's like, that's what happens when it comes. Yeah, it's about, why is art the field where you are most valued after your death? But that's what for us as black people, most times we only become valuable once we die. And that's across all fields. You know, Malcolm and Martin were not popular people in their moments, you know, and and even going into just the artistry. Many of us won't receive the the accolades, you know, until we pass on. I was in my mind yesterday. I was like, how many of these people never told Marcique how talented he was when they had him? in right. his presence right. you know now he has to hear it from the higher you know space but how many times did we give each other that that level of respect because for me it's not just the accolades it's the people around us mm-hmm. who choose not to show up to our events who choose not to like and share <laughs> I our about that too. right I, I watch tell me <laughs> i'll be watching I, I i try not to comment because i have a you know you know, a light, and I don't want to take mm-hmm. over, but it really, those were my, you know, I got a Comment couple more. All you want. I, I got a couple more to give you because, you know, as a black, you know, gay black man in the arts, I've been told I wasn't the right type of gay for a role. And I was like, what does that mean? What? Like, or, you know, the, the hire somebody who actually is that person versus, you know, somebody who has to dig deep in you know, give you the watered down uh, version of it. It's, it's, this is, it's hard. And I, I, I've understood you from day one, you know, and there were <laughs> other people in our department at Coppin that understood and had our struggle, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy because it, we get into these clicks and we get into these, you know, it, it, I just want, I just want to be an artist. I really just want to yeah. be an artist. And even throughout this pandemic, artists saved 
many people in this yeah. pandemic because if Absolutely. we didn't take the initiative to get on these lives and show our creative self, many of these big businesses would not have done it. Mm -hmm. We would have been quiet for five months. You wouldn't have seen anything <laughs> new or creative. Your Netflix and your Hulu right. and your Disney Plus. Somebody had to pre create all them shows. Right. And now that's where everybody's running to because everybody's bored in the house and they in the house bored. Yeah. So, you know, and it's it's just insane that that we have to go through this and then imagining we as black performers and black artists have to go through it even mm -hmm. more and people don't want to pay attention to that. I've been told the same things that you've been told, mm -hmm. um, just urban it up a little bit or, oh, you're, you're, you're amazing. You're just not what we're looking for. Well, what the heck is that? Uh, you know, I, oh my gosh. I, so many different things. We, we probably got stories for days. <laughs> I, so I got to do a crossover episode or something Look, because it really, I, we understand what it feels like not to be chosen. That's that's mm -hmm. fine. I, I have the confidence for that. But when you you kind of nitpick at who I actually am and mm -hmm. try to make that not enough, when I'm what you're choosing is nowhere near, you know, then you wind up having to fire that person or redo your whole series because this person didn't end up being what you needed because you chose, you know, quantity over quality right and you know it it really it hurts when you know i've gotten my that new york hurt i've i've gotten it and it's mm -hmm. it's funny it's funny now looking back because i you know i probably didn't get it the other ones the subsequent ones because i showed them a little bit of my baltimore and when they but they were nitpicking you know mm -hmm. where are you from i'm from baltimore oh i can hear it in the way you talk I've had that happen too. I worked in, I did the, um, the Disney college program. And when I was down there, one of the managers pulled me into their office for whatever reason I remember. And they asked me, you know, where was I from? I said, I'm from Baltimore. He said, oh, you're from Baltimore? I was like, yes. Mm. And he said, okay, well, um, you know that thing that you, um, it gets really hot and you go to press your clothes and stuff with uh, what is what is that thing called? I said an iron, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, an iron." I'm like, so you. It at the time it didn't click what he did. Yeah. But when I left out of the office, I was like, "Oh, I would go. Oh. I would have went." Up. See, I understood that because I went to predominantly white schools, so mm -hmm. I would have known exactly what he was done, and I would have got sent back home in that moment because I would have. I used to go. I was such a hothead when I mm -hmm. got to Coppin because I had went to predominantly white Catholic schools. So I mm -hmm. got all of that testing. And by the time I got to Coppin, you couldn't say nothing to me because I would go off and without, without even thinking about it. So I probably could have went further in my earlier <laughs> career, but I was so sensitive to and protective over my image and what people saw and what people perceive me as because you get picked apart so much you always have to do that though right and it's that's not training anybody or helping them to thicken their skin that's judgment that's a mm -hmm. prejudice that you have mm -hmm. and often i've been i've been told by fat people that i was too thick to be an actor and oh. i i was about to say his name but i'm not 
you know and, and but in many times especially and i don't think people understand when you are a trained actor meaning you went to school for it we got picked apart like normally the people who are raw talents they have more confidence than we do because they don't they haven't heard those things so when they are adults in here it's like ain't nobody worrying about you and we like like that's another dagger to us because it's like man like what what do i have to do like and you shape shift yourself and at, at some point i just stopped caring i stopped caring and i stopped giving oh, my help. favorite ones are the ones that will come up to you and say oh so ain't you in that play uh that's that's that they putting on at the school yeah uh -huh. um so like can i get a discount mind you you already get a student discount number one and, oh, it was um, free yeah, it was free for the students. They get like, what you? Oh, you want me to get right. that? You already get a student discount. They want oh, you to get that, okay, that okay. girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Wait, my favorite one, because I've had people come up to me and they said, can you just give me a program and a ticket from the show? I'm like, um, nope. okay, why? Nope. They said, because I don't have the time to do this and the other. Can't you just tell well, me what you, it's about? You get that C off of my back. Nope, you won't. Mm -mm. Look here, look here. That's an F you. I told people the wrong story on purpose mm -hmm. when they yeah. asked me that question i told them the wrong story on purpose i have done it i'm and to those people who may be watching right now i apologize for the FCC i don't I, I don't but i i take our apology back you should have went to the show even just now like we just finished doing uh a real nigga show just mm -hmm. the value that we put into our own why are you buying tickets five minutes before? Mm. Like it, it wasn't a, and I understand not having the money because that was definitely me. I was getting the, the ticket sale money a mm. couple of minutes before the show started and running up there. But it's the value that we put into our own work that we don't, and we wonder why when black artists get put on, they don't come back. Mm -hmm. We wonder why we don't see a Jada or mm -hmm. a Monique or everybody else sees the power that we have except for us mm -hmm. from the people that move into yeah. our neighborhoods and open up businesses to you know the people that want me to want us to talk to a certain group of people for them on their behalf to any you know any sort of faces that we need to be for some companies and stuff like that mm -hmm. we are that power and they realize that we're that power but we don't that's why we don't support each other i mean how many i have i know we all have had them stories where we have tried to get our friends to come and see a show i right now can literally outside i want to say the arena players the arena players community mm -hmm. i can say i have had maybe about 10 people that are within the art community that I have invited and they have come out to see my shows. But you know, I, I learned I learned the hard way. And actually from James Brown, I learned from him um, to focus on the five- <laughs> I should get on up right now. <laughs> right. To focus on the five people that are always there. Mr. Brown, I don't care. I did a, a horrible play in my church with, with shower curtains as walls 
and with Martique and Dante and all of them, and it, it was horrible. And I didn't know where I was gonna get lights from. I had professional lights because Mr. Brown took his, took time out of his schedule to come and do that. You know, mm -hmm. so we have to begin. And the reason I stopped complaining was because stop. I started to see, man, Mr. Brown come to everything. So maybe you know I need to support him more, mm -hmm. and you know creating those those you know relationships with the people who come out to see it or who you know I have a Tanelia I don't know if you remember Tanelia Tanelia if she can't come she'll send ticket money right. or she'll share it with somebody and give the tickets and say give this ticket to somebody else or and it's crazy because we focus on the people who don't care. I'm gonna focus on those five right. people who always support me no matter what, who always, you know, tune in. And it, it's not about the financial support, but just, you know, the people who there for you. Mr. Brown giving likes and this person. Share my post. Yes, that's it. Right. You only got watch this just just anything. Right. I, no, and look, I promise you, I'm contemplating going live. But, I contemplated going live like a couple of days ago, and I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. I appreciate the amount of subscribers that I have right now. Right, right. They right. are not watching my content right now. Mm -hmm. And I have talked to a bunch of people about my show and they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And you remember me telling me something about that. I mm -hmm. said, yeah. So here's my channel. It's like, oh, okay, let me subscribe to it. But I've been told you about And I'm like 10 shows in at this point. Right, right. Hi, <laughs> you and, and that's another thing. You don't know who watching. Right. We don't know who watching and we don't know who's supporting. So I, I tend to complain. I used to complain. Even with doing the radio, this is like seven, year seven for me. And I, I I had to stop complaining because people not, it's so many people who I've gotten jobs from and, and opportunities from and I didn't even know they were watching or had mm -hmm. watched or people who were was like that interview between such and such. And I'm like, damn, you watched that? And we have to begin to really focus in on those people who do. So you know what I did? I just went through my Facebook and all the people who I know don't support, I had to erase them from my page because I needed to make room on my Facebook and my Instagram and my YouTube for people who wanted to watch. So I'm not gonna keep on letting you fill my page up because you're a family or friend or somebody I went to school with. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, Say, hey, you got my phone number, call me and make room for the next person. And it's no hard feelings, no feelings lost, but we have to begin to focus on the things that support us and not the things that bring us down. And that's my that's my model now. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching as I grow now because of that. And my subscriptions and all those things, they grow when you focus on the people that are supporting you. We'll, we'll let people comment under our posts and don't say anything to them. But we go right to our friends' pages who did not watch, and we go like, "Why didn't you watch the show?" Versus going to talk to those people who were watching the show. Right. And it's it's just a it's a thing for us as artists. We yearn for acceptance. We yearn for it. We need. We, it almost fuels us, and that's it comes that's with the job. Right. It comes with it. But we we want the respect from the people who aren't willing to give it, and those right. people are just waiting for us to be mentioned by somebody. I notice when I work with this director or this person says my name, then I get these group of people who speak to me now, who talk to me now. But mm -hmm. I, 
you you are only waiting for me to succeed or be validated by somebody. You know, it's it's a sad thing that we have to, you know, this group of people who are popular has to say the name of your production or post your flyer before people be like, oh yeah, let me get that, let me get a ticket to that. No, just so now you know, don't don't even worry about them. They go come around when Oprah saying your name or when your name <laughs> is up in big light. So exactly. it's gonna come. It's that non-traditional path that mm-hmm. we all have to follow. And we we forget some of the people that we look up to as in terms of celebrities, we don't realize how long it took them to be put on or when they decided to gear it up and get into the business. We forget that. You know, right. we only hear the childhood stories. And There's we don't of, right. you never know how many mistakes are in a masterpiece. Right, right, right. In terms of what you have uh to do now, you spoke a little bit about your YouTube channel. Can you tell me the basis of it and and why do you, why you decided to start doing it? Well, I actually had that channel for I want to say about it's also it's gonna be about two years now at this point. Right. Um, and I've been told since I was a teenager by my mother, you need to start a YouTube channel, you need to start a YouTube channel. And for so long, I didn't want to be noticed as a singer mm. who acts, okay. you know, I wanted to just be a performer. So it took me forever in a day to actually start one. But when I finally right. did, it still took me forever in a day to actually put stuff out. So it actually came about when... I was working on the Odyssey. I'm a singer okay. for the well, I was a singer for the Odyssey um, in DC. And I was on stage and I was performing. Uh, I felt good. My face was beat. My hair was laid. You know, my, my voice was great. The lighting was hitting me at the right axis. Everything was just going right. And then I finished hitting the note. I didn't crack once. Hallelujah. All mm. that. And then as soon as I finished, all I heard was this. Not a clap, not a woo, not a yas girl, you did that. nothing, not a nan, not a nut. And oh, so wow. I talked to the DJ that was there and I was saying exactly that. And they started laughing like, you should record that. That's hilarious. And then I started doing other things that were similar to it. And I'm like, you know what? That really, that really bothers me. That really grinds my gears. You know what, better yet, that really sours my notes. And that's where the channel came from. The, uh, the show came from. Mm-hmm. So it's it just came out of me being really irritated by little nitpicky things. And I'm quite sure I'm not the only person that's in this industry. Some of us, some of us have learned. And then I wanted to put out my, my music and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to put out, you know, original songs as they come. I wanted to put out, you know, songs from my concerts and everything. So mm-hmm. I did have a surplus of stuff to give to the audience. By that I mean the viewers mm-hmm. watching. So it really just came out of that. And so I decided to go live on my birthday, which was March 26th of this year. I said, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to share, 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 share as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And after a while, like I'm starting to notice that my share posts with regards to my YouTube channel are kind of being swept under the rug. Like nobody's like, nobody's even liking my posts like that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. people used to like it or people used to comment under it or something like that. Now they kind of don't do that too much anymore. And I started a whole new series. 
the new series uh, is um, Cooking So Simple. And it's but they're watching though of a cooking show. Yeah, but they just are, know that they're watching. Just yeah, know that they're I, watching, and I don't, I don't know why people. And and I had to check myself because mm -hmm. there are times I watch things and I don't comment or I don't like it. And it's, I think we, this is still new to us, even though it's years into it, it's still a new platform because. It's TV. YouTube has become our TV. Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram has become our TV. And you don't like TV, you know, you just watch it. You continue yeah. to watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I want all of us that, that outlet on YouTube or social media in general, we have to stop being so demanding to our audiences mm -hmm. because it's really their choice. And as artists, we don't have to be doing this, right. you know. And on the other side, they don't have to be supporting us. And I, I just want all of us to, because now, even with this digital thing we're doing right now during quarantine, everybody starts their show the same way. Can you hear me? I just want to make right. sure you can, like, the insecurities are coming out. Um, and this that's begotting the forcefulness telling people like and share and and it's it's i'm sitting there like that's you can't do that to an audience like mm -hmm. you 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 can you can suggest things and throw subtle hints or subliminals but to be that forceful because they don't have to tune into us they don't have to support us and it's really TV and movie is like lazy yeah. mentality, I guess, for the yeah. viewers. Like, you want yeah. to put on your favorite show, you want to put on your favorite movie, and you want to sit back, relax, watch some stuff. You might pop your popcorn, but even after you pop your popcorn, you're just sitting there eating your popcorn. That's about as interactive as the right. YouTube. Right. It is based off of your interaction with it. You have to like right. and comment and share. You have to subscribe in order for, you know, you to gain an audience in order for the quality of the show to get better in order for, and this just goes beyond actually yeah. getting monetized and paid for youtube you have to but, you know gain the audience from, first that's what everything is but that is that's come from a place of the powers that be dangling these mm -hmm. opportunities in front of us and, and it's going to really take us changing how they control this before we don't have to do that with our audiences. Because I I, I liken it to, um, you used to post stuff about being a server. And mm -hmm. I would debate on your post because that's the one thing that I still don't, can't get out of my head. How does the uh, patron become responsible for your paycheck? And you letting this whole restaurant or owner get away with not paying you. And I'm saying, do you know how wealthy people are who own restaurants? Even the hole in the walls. But it's that whole thing. We have to change their mentality. Mm -hmm. We have to change how they structure their business because tipping has turned into an obligation for me. Now on Grubhub and DoorDash, there's a, um, if you want to get your food faster, pay a dollar or some change. No, nigga, how about you? You place the order as it comes in and get it out the door. That action does not exist. You are kidding. I was, you're kidding me. That is not an I option. Not, that is an option now. 
to expedite your order. And many businesses are doing it. And, and that's, that's a business model. So if we offer them expedited services, but if you did what the hell you supposed to do in the beginning, I wouldn't have to pay extra to get my stuff there sooner. You know, but if companies are doing that because of the quarantine and yeah. everything that was shut down, like just the other day, we were watching, um, Clutch and I were watching um, a real nigga show mm. at Tenenog downtown. Mm. When we got the bill, I had ordered one drink. It was a trash can, okay, no judgments, but I ordered one drink. Okay, mm-hmm. and we had literally, I think we had an appetizer that we shared, and then we had two other appetizers that was our meal essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was it standard, simple order. Why a trash can that normally costs between 10 and 12 dollars because it's a bigger drink? Why was I charged 16 dollars? And I asked, Why was I charged 16 dollars? Because they charge you for the Red Bull. That goes into the drink now because that's how, and the server explained it to me, that is how they are making up for lost costs over the quarantine. But what lost costs did you get? Any restaurant that delivers, Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear that from them. And I've had to go, I've had to take my order that I just got from Grubhub, walk my ass to the restaurant that may be a couple blocks away, don't judge me either. but I had to, I'm not paying for this. Mm-hmm. This is not worth $30. No. Right. Then I they double your amount. They yeah. double the amount. Yeah. We ordered some food that only came to, I think it was $14 or $15. Mm-hmm. Why am I paying you $30 something dollars just to have it delivered? We have to change. We, and it, us as consumers have to change how things are done. And it's crazy because now I'm on both sides of it. I'm, I'm in spaces where it requires, like we in theater, so we got to sell tickets. I'm on a radio that causes, right. you know, subscriptions and sponsorship. But at the same time, we have to change the way people price. And I know that's business, mm-hmm. but business is not getting over with people. And that we have to figure that we have to figure it out how we charge people. Uh, and it's not the Red Bull is a great ingredient in it. Right. So you should have already included that in the price, or you shouldn't be charging people extra. You know what? Better yet, take away some of the money because I didn't ask for this ice that you put in my drink. I just wanted the liquor and a little bit of juice and this Red Bull. You gave me the ice. So right. I didn't ask for this. So I need that to be refunded back. How about that? But, then, but no? again, I, I just remember your. Because that was kind of, I think, your earlier days of vlogging. Mm-hmm. Because I remember that post several times. And I'll be mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not letting them get away with this. Nope. Because that <laughs> restaurant owner is making 400% on this one meal. And he going to the grocery store just with my bill alone. So, nope. Tipping is based on your service. Not on my responsibility. And I, I do that. I do that. And I, I have been a server. So I <laughs> it was your post that I was talking. I know it was my post, but, but I'm just saying in the later years, once mm-hmm. we lived and learned a little bit more, mm-hmm. I tend to tip more on service rather than you know, oh, this is the percentage that's here. If I know that you were late and I've walked out on bills before and it was busy. I've walked mm-hmm. out on bills before and it was slow. 
And I'm like, I've done this. I've done your job before. I know how hectic it can be. Mm -hmm. And I've still provided service. Why is it any different right now? You know what? And then I've been disrespected. I've all kinds of stuff. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So you take this. Here's That's the receipt. You take that. And I'm going to go this way. And you can comp that out at the end of the night. Well, ma'am, you can't leave because you know you that's have to pay this. A couple years ago. That's not the Tierra that I knew. Oh no. Baby, look, look. When I tell you when I tell you there's a manager that is still standing in the middle of a Friday somewhere in this city, hold that receipt looking befuddled, bewitched, bewildered. <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with this receipt. Child, look. I'm telling you, I have done it, but I tip based off of your service. And sometimes I'll tip more than what it says, or I'll tip less than, depending yeah. on one, my pocket, and right. two, your service. But it's it, it, and, and see, that's, and I can't wait for you to start talking about these things because those are the things that really solve my nose. You know, <laughs> just getting over with people. And it's, it's, it's Here's an artist. Thing with that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with that. So, and a lot of people have come to me and said to me, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that in mm-hmm. the Sour Notes? And I said, well, Sour Notes, when I came up with it, is about things that the performer goes through. And they say, yeah, but you're marketing to like such a small audience. And I said, well, it's an yeah. audience that people aren't necessarily marketing to. They aren't talking about. But then I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appease the masses as well. And so I am writing a new series that is literally exactly like Sour Notes, but it doesn't talk about anything dealing with performance. I actually wrote some stuff already talking about traffic, how dare you slow down and stop at a yellow light. Um, when you know I was going 50 miles in a 25 and you saw me coming up on you, <laughs> you should have moved out the way. We both could have made this light. But you a know, lot of those like things that, that you talk about on Sour Note, it is. Mm-hmm. It's relatable. It's and that's it one of the reasons I expanded the artist exchange to include entrepreneurs and community leaders was more so because I've realized a lot of the things that we go through um, are things that all you know individuals go to because at some mm-hmm. point, even if I'm working a nine to five, I'm still an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm right. giving you, you know, you're paying me for my services, and that's no different than an entrepreneur. Uh, right. But it it really. It, it's relatable information, and I, I enjoy watching it because those are some of the things that I've gone through, um, and I know some of the things are specific to your experiences, but a lot of the things are universal things that we go through. Um, mm-hmm. That whole thing about you know image and and how I'm perceived from you know casting directors and directors and such, it 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 has to. A lot of that conversation has to be made, you know, for the masses to hear because it's often the audience that determines what they like. But at the same time, it's some person who's detached from everything that is making decisions on the things that I get to watch, you right. know, or what's available for me to watch. And it's crazy. I'm I'm thinking about P Valley right now, and there are people that are pissed off that it's doing so well. Because that's not that's not the type of ent- entertainment that we should be watching right now, in terms of right. what those handful of people think they should be determining uh, what we're able to watch. And I'm scared that this show is not going to have 
a successful season because they're going to put restrictions on it. And it's stars. Like if you put restrictions on stars, that's you might as well close it down. But uh, in terms of what you're watching now, you know, talking about TV series and, and, and do you see yourself moving into that realm at some point or oh, would you yeah. like to be on a TV series? Oh yeah, absolutely. If anyone out there has any sort of connections to uh, to take someone to that next level, uh, please. I want to be on P Valley. I think I got some stuff to bring to it. I, I <laughs> take that take that part all the way up, especially after yeah. last night's episode. I I need to shake that up a little bit. Give him some real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would- I wouldn't mind it at all. I can see myself on TV. I see, I see my name in lights in some way, shape, or form. Whether they are the light of the daggone Broadway stage or the lights in the studio audience, something. Right. I see my name in lights just as long as I don't see the lights like in you know my little rearview mirror. Because that means I did something wrong. Pull me over. Like no, I don't want the lights. No, don't see me in the lights. I, I want to move a little bit on to regrets. Um, and a little bit about me right now. Some of the things that I regret is allowing people to tell me what my potential was and what um, my boundaries were in life and even allowing people to put boundaries on me. Do you have any regrets in that area? As opposed, like, not as opposed, um, you mean like in my life period? Right, not necessarily bad choices, but, you know, I should have, you know, went to this school versus this school, or I should have stuck to what I wanted versus letting somebody, you know, determine what was next for me. You know, school performers, we normally sit and wait for people to give us opportunities versus going to make our own, you know, but do you have any regrets in that area in terms of your decisions uh, or things you chose to do? I regret staying comfortable for too long. It is... I have anxiety like crazy and I actually have a a video about that too and I was talking about how I'm always listening to the thoughts and the feelings in my head I call it glitter um, because it's just it's comforting and it's uncomfortable at the same time it's like oh it's those thoughts that make you think people aren't really gonna like this or I probably shouldn't have worn that mm, no I don't feel comfortable maybe what I didn't I didn't sing today the right way and I don't want to crack you know I didn't warm up or anything. it's those kinds of thoughts and to be honest when I started when I did my first concert last year mm-hmm. um the year before that we were doing a lot of prep work for and so I'd already come up with my flyer design and I'd already come up with you know, the name of the show, all the other stuff. And I had to break out of my comfort zone and start going to spoken word stuff, start going to a lot of community things that I mm. normally wouldn't participate in, but I'd go to. Like, I like going to spoken words. I like, you know, doing open mics or going to open mics and everything. But to get up on the stage, that, for whatever reason, scares the crap out of me, Okay. That but is, I, I, you know how many theater <laughs> performers I hear say that? Like it's I, because it's the it's the lack of prep. See, even see, we as theater performers, we are taught to improv. We have to be able to improv. 
because if something goes wrong on stage, we gotta prepare, we gotta, you know, the show must go on, all that other crap, right? Mm-hmm. But at least you had rehearsal, at least you learned the part, you know the part, you just dropped the line, or you know this is supposed to be a quick change, but the zipper broke. You know, at least you know what's supposed to happen. Sounds to being up. Oh, can you hear me? Right here. Can you hear me? That I'm gonna be like this. Can I hear you? Can you say something? Hi. Ooh, we're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold up. It just went out. It may have been a short. Oh, it says we can hear her, but they can't hear you. Maybe so log, so go out and then come no, back read. in. No, read, read. read. It's you, Nate. We can hear her. We can hear her, Nate. It's you. So log out and come it's back. It's not in. her. It's you. It's you, Nate. It's you. So log it, can you can y'all hear me? You can't hear me? I can hear you, but so I guess we neither of us can hear each other. Marnie, are you there? Oh yeah, I can't hear. So this is what we talk about. <laughs> the craziness that is, she was just talking about it. I was just talking. He said this is what we talk about for those there we go. who so can't hear now. Can you hear me can you now? Hear? I can yeah. hear you. Yeah. Yay! So this is, but this is but this is what theater has prepared us for because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have a mic what do you do you know and I, I hear so many maybe because I just don't have that fear in me and I I don't care about messing up like I think many performers we've grown into these perfectionists and I think where we are right now where everything has to be high definition and you got to be beat to the gods and everything got to be set up that's why i think i chose to do my show during this quarantine from my bed i wanted to be as comfortable as possible and comfort is better than and my little mascara and that's what i got that's what that's about as much as you as i normally wear Mm -hmm. i put on this little frill and stuff but underneath of this i got my basketball shorts and everything look okay my flip-flops my house shoes all of that right so i get you i feel you i'm there but we gotta we gotta learn how to just go for it and i and i see a lot a lot more people doing it that way but we should already be at a space where we're comfortable with not only going to these events, but using them as our promotion and marketing, because that's really how it's, it should be done. But I just don't have it in me to be afraid. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to say anymore because it's just, we got to, we got to get out there and do it at some point, you know, we getting older and we're not going to go backwards. <laughs> so you got to, at some point, figure you know, it out. You got some, at some point, more figure it out. Okay, you can call it season, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. <laughs> now I respect I'm it because, in the mail. Look. because I'm I'm getting to an age where I was, you know, when I started looking at the Doug Goldmans and Jeffs and Tenelias and you know all those people who really supported me as I was going into a more professional 
side of my artistry, my Kaumba group and Roz and Elaine and Martine, all these people, Tracy, uh, and we got to really figure out how to just do it and not be afraid, like just relinquish all those things that keep us, you know, held down and keep us, you know, hesitant. And uh, what if I, and I still do that sometimes. I'm, I'm not even going to lie about it. And I just want to do uh, better at, you know, showing myself. Troy, we just did Pearly before this catastrophe mm -hmm. happened. Oh, I saw it. I appreciate it. told me, um, he said, Nate, it's time for you to do something great for you. And I'm, and I'm automatically with an attitude. What does that mean? What, what do you mean? I, I, I take it myself. No, but when you are in rehearsals and you're not giving your best, it's because many times I was told on that very stage, like, oh, Nate, mm -hmm. you know, uh, can you just be less you? Um, <laughs> and and I, I got offended. And, but the crazy thing was I never stopped doing this. What does that I mean? Never, it doesn't. It, I don't know. I, I guess who I was was offensive to that person or it wasn't but offensive. Why am I here? Why am I here? They didn't have anybody else that was going to be dependable. You know, what? I was dependable Nate for a long time. And I, I let their opinions of me stifle my growth. Mm -hmm. And that's, I won't ever do that again. I won't ever, I won't ever let a, 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 a dean or a chairperson knock me down. I won't ever let a professor or a director pick me apart. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not, if I'm not working hard, that's one thing, but right. I won't let you shrink me to make you feel better about yourself. Um, sure. But in, in terms of where you, where we, do you have any new, you said you have some new shows coming up, uh, let people know, you know, where they can find you at on, you know, social media, drop, drop, drop the dime, drop the dime. Well, let me drop some of these dimes. Okay, so everywhere I am Sweet Tea Sings. So that is Sweet Tea with two E's, uh, Sings, well, so Tea like a golf tea. So Sweet Tea Sings on Facebook, um, that is my, my professional page. Sweet Tea Sings, sweet.t.sings on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, Sweet Tea Sings on YouTube as well. I try to keep all my pictures relatively the same so that you can at least recognize them as you go across social media. Okay, okay Brandon, uh, Brandon and marketing. <laughs> hey look we got i got t-shirts and everything we're working on a whole bunch of stuff she got yes. merch i gotta get into that part of it yeah i think because i, I use the jewelry yeah I think about doing I gotta get into that part of it because i was trying to do some jewelry and stuff too but you know it's, it's, it's an expensive habit be careful it's, oh i know lord i feel like i got a child this is like <laughs> a child because i don't need any children this but is no, my so child you find me on um, all social media as well as Sweet Tea Things. As I said before, I am starting um, new shows on my channel. I literally just started Cooking is So Simple, which is a spoof cooking show. Um, I'm literally cooking stuff that everybody knows how to make, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which is what my last one was about, and explaining it in the most complicated way. So my peanut butter and jelly sandwich was actually called crushed peanuts with berry reduction over a savory pastry. So if you- <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know? 
artists are so extra. I'm so you know, but I have that coming out. I have the This One's For You, which is the series that's just like Tower Notes, but for other topics and everything. Um, Felix Chronicles is what I'm working on, too. My cat Felix is a mess, so mm-hmm. I decided to make a whole thing about that as well. Plus, I'm working on new music. I have come through. It's on SoundCloud right now. That is my first single. And I'm working on Shine On, which is my second single right now. Um, I'm done shortly after that. And just a couple of other um, new projects as far as my musical adventures as well. Um, with Epic Fam, Jackson, shout out to everybody, Epic Fam, all that good stuff. So Go check me out somewhere. Well, I mean, is it possible? Like, because the first time I had you on my show, I kind of threw you a monkey wrench. So I figured, like, she's been on the show before, so she knows I threw monkey wrenches. But is it possible, like, at any moment, for us to hear, like, maybe a a bit of a song? You know, I'm not going to give out, like, what I want to hear, but maybe just, like, a snippet of something, you know. Oh, who knows what you want to hear? I'm curious to know what you wanted to hear. I mean, I, the the first, the only song that I ever throw out is Misty Blue. Like that's all my, that's my karaoke go-to song for myself. But um, whenever somebody asks me, what do you want me to sing? I always ask them to sing, but I don't do that to people who write their own material sometimes because I've been trying to get made to the sing that song for years. But um, <laughs> can you sing anything, you know, the alphabet, something? Oh no, you said the alphabet. The first thing I thought about was Patty saying the alphabet with the with the muffins. Right. A, B, C. <laughs> she did it though. She did it. <laughs> so uh well, I, my go-to, y'all gonna laugh at this go-to, okay. And I'm sorry for any neighbors that are around right now that's about to hear some stuff. And my dear working is fine. I'm about to say, my dear working the sound, just, just prepare yourself, okay? <clears throat> it says, can we end? <laughs> no, that, that was me. That was me. That oh. was me. That's from Marnie. <laughs> okay. Rocksteady, baby. Okay. That's what I feel now. Let's go to song exactly what it is. Just move your hips when I'm feeling from side to side. Sit yourself down in a car. What it is, what it is, what it Thank is. You. I'm used to hearing the background. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed the series that you all worked with Troy Burton with when you all would do the cover themed uh, concerts. I, you, especially you and Tevin, I thoroughly yes. enjoyed them. Um, it was always exciting to catch one of them and, and watch you all do the performances. I love the last one you all did. Uh, but will we see up. that again? Will that? Well, I know you know Troy is no longer at the well, space, but man. yes. <laughs> but I will say he's been talking about um, trying to start it back up again okay. um, because it's been a minute for us to get back on stage with each other. People have moved and other things have started to go on. So we okay. are trying to work something out as far as I know. I know I'm already down. I'm also writing stuff 
So everything on my channel, you'll see it as written too. I don't think I mentioned that before. Okay. But okay. yeah, everything is written and I'm trying to work with Troy at some point in time on a script that's very similar to the show that y'all just did. Okay. So, so your own is it a one woman mm -hmm. show? Is it a one woman show? Not a one woman show, but it is a woman show. It's a women's show. Okay. It's basically it's basically inspired by a real nigga show, okay. but it's from a black woman's perspective. Cool. And I know that's something he's he's talked about before too, because uh, they to hear mm -hmm. the answer to uh, to this show because it's I know it's compared a lot to. Uh, it's compared a lot to for color girls, but I think even with a real nigga show, it created a lane in and of itself. Just uh, we have a couple more minutes, but I wanted to like get your your feedback on the show. Uh, this was my first time working with them on this side of the uh, on the uh, rehearsals. But what did you think overall? I know you've seen it before, but what was your overall thought mm -hmm. about this production? Every time he does it, I go to see it. I either buy a ticket to it or I work on the show in some capacity. This time I was taking pictures for it. Um, and uh, it's an amazing, one-of-a-kind show. Mm. It, it really, I try to explain it, like it takes your thought and your idea of Black men and wipes that away. It really does, because there are so many stereotypes and so many associations with Black people and Black men and Black women as their individual selves and stuff. And I think people, when they see that it's called a real nigga show, automatically assume things about it yeah. that are just not true. We got yeah. a little bit of elements and stuff like that in there for just to be relatable to some of the audience. But that's members. just a, that's, that's still... A part of somebody. Mm -hmm. it's not that's why it's, it's in there, but it's not all that's there. It's yeah. so much more, and that's yeah. the the best part about that show is that it allows you to see what you see already in us, and embellishes further past your idea of us as black people, yeah. as black men. So see, I think this was the first time that uh, they brought up the idea of it being therapy. Mm -hmm. So sitting in rehearsal and watching some of these young men who <coughs> who wrote some of these young men who wrote some of these pieces when they were teenagers or early 20-somethings now reading this and performing this <coughs> and it hit different for them. Right. Um it was it was definitely eye-opening to me and it's something that um I'll never forget <clears throat> the experience because uh, many of these men, they have certain personas in their everyday life or when we see them normally. So watching them be as vulnerable um, on stage. And we I think we've seen Robert be that vulnerable oh, yeah. in, in the depths of it. But the rest of them have this persona where they these tough guys and watching them lose it a little bit throughout the process. Um, in terms of catching themselves and, and feeling mm -hmm. and not being afraid to feel, it was very much so eye-opening. I think it's something that is needed. It's needed. Like the Black male's voice 
And often right. we don't talk because you women say, well, you don't ever share your thoughts. And, and you just hear the woman yelling and yelling, but it's never a pause to right. say, well, talk. You know, and this, this moment, this piece was a moment to hear men talk and not about mm-hmm. women, not about their feelings or in it, but about themselves and be able to express that. And I don't, even with August Wilson, I don't think I've ever watched something that was so about the male perspective right. and, and, and be no cut cards or it wasn't ever watered down. And, you know, I would love to hear, you know, the woman's response to this. And I don't even think it's a response, but not- the perspective on their story without it being so, you know, butterflies and cotton candy and, you know, <laughs> it, it or hurt or yeah. coming from, because these men were well, not- honestly, Say it again. Like, or, say, or always seeing ratchet. Like there's, there's an element of ratchetness that I'm putting in the show because I have started writing certain things with it. Right. Um, but I feel like, being put out there, that's all you really see as Black women is they are overly sexualized with, because of our natural curves and everything. So we're forced to be more adult and grow up a lot sooner in our lives. And then what you do see that's overly sexualized is then portrayed as ratchet or hood rat or ghetto, right. whatever those other things are. But never mind my stupid little hand motions. That's okay. just for a failed comedy sake. Um, yeah, it's for emphasis, you know, but, um, yeah, that, that's what I want to portray as well with regards to that. But both shows, I believe a real nigga show is a gem. It is something that can be related to now. It could have been related to 17 years ago when we first did it. It's going to be related to years from now because it's something that black men go through in their everyday lives and just from what I've seen because I'm not a black man but just from what I've observed from the black men who I surround myself with this is mm-hmm. stuff that they go through this is really realistic to them and to see other people's reactions to that are not black men mm-hmm. that are not black right to see their reactions to the show and like really take it to heart like I had no idea I didn't know this wow, this is an amazing piece. It's like, well, we're human too. Like, <laughs> we go yeah, through this yeah. kind of stuff too, you know? And even, so. even from the perspective of non-male or non-Black people watching our material in these situations, it's crazy because I just, I, I never, I think, I'm not even going to say it's, it's a new idea for me, but People really see black men as animals. Mm-hmm. So if, if we show any other side of ourselves, it's shocking. It's often I, I've seen it be offensive to people. Like, how dare you have that depth in your feeling capacity? Or how dare you go through life not explaining yourself or not feeling like you have a voice? How dare but when you're never given the opportunity to show all of the facets of yourself. When how, we dare you how dare you be human? How dare you be upset yeah. about something that I'm upset about as a white man or as a white person or 
any other race, how dare you not be our equal? I like, hate that. I hate that it still hasn't been. And I'm not going to say that because I don't want to speak limitations on it, but I can't wait until it's seen by the world. And, mm-hmm. and I know we had a we had a lot of different types of people that bought tickets to this one, but oh, yeah. I, I I have hopes for this, and and I always had for all of our work, but I I really want us to be able to find purpose in our work, so therefore we are pushing it more. And when I say purpose, not from the creator, but by the people who are connected to us, you know, it's it's hard. As a theater performer, I've I've done a little bit of like independent stuff in terms of right. filming, but I enjoy theater. So being a film artist, it's really, I mean, a theater artist. I I just wanna I wanna see us more, and I'm I'm I don't wanna see us just as August Wilson saw us. I wanna see all the different facets of who we are, and we I see the door opening up a little bit, but I also see I see still pushback. Because people are still being admonished for their audacity to tell their honest story and, and want it to be uncut. But <clears throat> as we come to an end, I thank you again, Tierra, for joining me on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Um, I hope this was an awesome conversation oh. for you. <laughs> we have to it figure out <laughs> some ways to collaborate as we were talking the other day, but um, I'm serious. I'm all support. You, I'm watching, and I love the the growth in it. I love your ability to choose a platform that is scary to you and bring all mm-hmm. of yourself to it and continue, continue <laughs> telling your story, continue being honest. Um, this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Join us this Friday and every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m. for an awesome show. Um, and just love each other. Give each other their their flowers. Give people their flowers, and and reach out to somebody this week, um, and that you haven't talked to in a long time. Somebody that you may have been mad with. Reach out to them, even if you never talk to them again. At least yeah. you know have a, a conversation with someone this week that you don't normally talk to. Um, and that's it. I think tomorrow we'll have talk lately with Monty and don't forget to follow the artist exchange radio show on Instagram, Facebook, uh, unfortunately, TikTok, uh, and Twitter. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to and be involved. I'm trying. Um, and also continue to follow us. Thank you to all the people who have been subscribing to the artist exchange YouTube page. I really appreciate it. And don't forget to go over to sweet tea sings, Instagram page. I mean, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all those things. YouTube, follow her. All that stuff. Follow her. Just follow her. Follow like, me. subscribe. All those things. So all the stuff we supposed to Peace out. And we're going to end with the same clip we started the show. We love you, Marty. And please, 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 if you can, uh, support his wife. Reach out to her on social media. She's very responsive right now. And she could use all the love. His children, his mom. Um, Mm -hmm. and many of his friends. So peace out. See you on Friday. See ya.
You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me by my head. You're gonna miss me everywhere. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to bat my head. Like, oh, she looked like, it looked like he just got a new car. He just saw that she get backed into by a big 